Welcome back to yet another week of the Swing the Twig podcast. I'm Tommy Franks, and it is yet another week, two weeks out from opening day. Um, we cannot be more excited. Anthony Colasano and I will be there at opening day at Yankee Stadium. So, uh, And then we will come right back uh, here to record the podcast that very night. The whole gang is here tonight. Guys, what's happening? Jeff, Anthony, Dom. Howdy, man. Hey, yo. Very, very excited. I got April 7th marked on my calendar. But it's two weeks away. Less than two weeks away than probably because it's going to release on a Friday. Yep. Ex- yep. And and uh, I can't believe it's come. And, you know, it's we didn't think it would happen, and now it's here. So, um, you know, we had Dom predicting that the season would get canceled, and he started to think that could have been reality um, at one point. And now, now here we are. Um, well, let's get right into it. I guess, Dom, we should really get right into uh, how camp went at, at uh, Steinbrenner Field. Uh, you know, what kind of what kind of impressed you the most? Man, you know, checking out a good amount of those ballparks too. Um, I think that the thing that impressed me the most with going to a couple of those spring training games was how the facilities were inside and out. Um, really were well done. And for spring training, listen, not going to lie, I've never been there before. I was expecting decent, like kind of upper minor league level treatment, but... The facilities were absolutely gorgeous. Um, so, yeah, I think that was really it. And the way that they took care of you and everything, Tommy, it was an absolute blast. And you couldn't beat the weather. I was there for the best part of it. Um, so that was great. Yeah, I agree. And I and I, I think a couple things to take away from, from camp was just the fact that um, seeing the new guys, right? So, like, Donaldson, uh, Kiner Falafa, who just got re-signed. Um, you know, seeing Glaber Torres really make good contact. And we've seen that in the games in spring training this year, um, you know, a lot of those new guys coming in, I'm really impressed, Dom, just with just with the contact and, and the discipline, too, I've seen in the games. Uh, Dom, we were at three straight games, uh, two on the road. and Well, you were at three straight. I was at two. Um, you went to uh, Bradenton, and I was, and then we went to Sarasota, and I went, and then we went to Tampa uh, for the spring training hole opener. What would you make of the Yankees' uh, squads? You saw the A squad yeah. and the B squad a little bit. You're right, yeah. Um, I'll definitely put that into perspective to where there's a lot of plate discipline. Seeing those new guys was also great. We actually got a chance to see Rizzo after he re-signed on the final day yep. for us. So that was cool. And, yeah, um, just good stuff. We saw Severino, too. So if we talk about the pitching a little bit, um, that was cool. Hopefully he has a bounce-back year for you guys. But, you know, it's a definitely a different look. It's weird not seeing a Gary Sanchez, G. Rochella kind of combo and you know i'm a fan of this move Falefa is one of the most underrated hitters and then for donaldson i've always liked him as a attitude kind of player um if he could turn around and you know hit a good amount of dingers and bring in a lot of runs that's great for third base uh it was just cool to see those new names so soon especially when the trade like just happened like moments before we were down there yeah right well dom you're missing the highlight of the trip right we met Joey Gallo. <laughs> That's right. We did. All right. So this capped off the night. First of all, we went to a great, one of the best of the uh, of the year, I think, Rangers Lightning Series in Tampa, of course. And uh, Rangers won, baby, 16.2. Jeff, Mika's Woo-hoo! a man. Here we go. Um, unreal game, Tommy. I get it. But, you know, both teams were great. Um, so we decided to go to downtown Tampa, stay there. Kind of go to a place. What was the place called again, Tommy? It's called Yeoman's Cask. It's a it's Yeoman's a bar. Cask. It's a bar in Tampa. Anthony's been there as well with me. 
Yeah, really nice little outside scenery with like a little bar you can kind of hang out outside. Um, really nice. So we get in there, we get put to a table instantly. So we're sitting down. I'm in the boot side, Tommy's in the chair side. I'm kind of looking around, just looking at the place, and diagonally to my left, I kind of take a glance and I'm like, huh, is that Joey Gallo? And I thought I was going crazy to myself. So I kind of look at Tommy and I kind of whisper to him, which I could have texted it, but I was like, nah. And I whispered, hey, I think that's Joey Gallo. And Tommy takes a look. He couldn't believe it for a second. He takes another glance and he's like, oh my goodness, I think you're right. And now it's hard to spot this because you may be like, oh, well, duh, you may see it's Joey Gallo. But keep in mind, he's not in uniform, you know, everything like that. So for a good second, I was like, hmm. And uh, Tommy, we had this good debate of what we should do and if we should even approach him even though he was two feet away. It was funny. It was funny. We eventually did. Yeah. Yeah. I think the thing that did it was I said to Tommy, I was like, dude, if we don't do this, we will regret this the whole car ride and the whole entire rest of the trip. And he was like, you know what? You you got me there. I think, you know, next time, Dom, that happens, if that ever happens again, and it very well could, uh, who knows? I think we got to try and get them on the podcast at some point. For sure. And you know what? Try the long shot. crazy. That would be crazy. That'd be really cool. Um, I think that's what Anthony said to me at that moment. Yeah. And they were just finishing up, it turns out, while we were just sitting down. And um, next thing you know, I was like, Tommy, I'm going to do it in some way. So I kind of, he was starting to get up a little bit with his, looked, looked to be his girlfriend and two friends. And I just kind of went over and I said, hey, Joey, um, looked at me, made eye contact with a major league baseball player. <laughs> and I was just like, hey, you know, we're huge Yankee fans, everything like that. Uh, we happen to recognize you. We'd love to take a picture. He was all for it. A little bit of a rush, but hey, there's uh, totally time for that. Understandable. But we got a picture with Joey Gallo, and we got to talk to him a little bit. Tommy, what did you say to Joey G himself? I said, I said, I told him best of luck in the season. Uh, that we'll be, I'll be in New York uh, quite a bit. Uh, you know, whether or not I move to Tampa, I'll, I'll still be in New York quite a bit for games. So, uh, including opening day. So I, I just wish him the best of luck and stuff. So. Um, sure. and, uh, just enjoy himself. I told, I told him that I know, I know he probably hates the pictures and stuff and things like that, but, uh, we needed one. So, uh, he was very kind he was a very nice guy. So, yeah, um, I know, was. I know some of us on, on this podcast are critical of his hitting and things like that, but, um, and I think those are valid, uh, but, but the guy's good, you know, he's a good guy. Um, and I like Gallo, but, uh, but let's, let's get right on. Let's get right on that, Dom, as we bring that up. So, as we get right to that, let's just talk about the Yankees that avoided arbitration, get everyone else in this discussion, um, because we want to talk about all... We There were a bunch of Yankees, and Jeff laid all of these out for us, of all the guys um, that that avoided arbitration. So, let's go through. Uh, we already mentioned Gallo's one of them, and Duhart, Chad Green, Higashioka, Clay Holmes, um, you know, we mentioned Falefa, Loisica, Jordan Montgomery, Wandy Peralta, Jamison Tyone, Glaber, all on one-year contracts, avoiding arbitration. Um, and, yeah, Jeff, what are your thoughts on all of this? Um, I mean, I, I think a lot of these are good. You know, um, guys like, you know, Andujar, Higashioka, um, Loisica, Montgomery, uh, Tyone, Torres, you know, they're all young guys, um, obviously still in their arbitration period period but avoiding it which is you know you love to see it um you know seeing if guys like montgomery can really uh turn the corner and see if they are 
worthy of arbitration and contracts beyond that. Um, yeah, no, I think I think it's good that we got all of those guys back. You know, they're all either key pieces to the core we have building right now or can become serious pieces uh, in the future. None of these are guys that we should give up on just yet, but they're also not guys that we need to shell out a lot of money for. Yeah, I agree. Anthony, does this hurt, really hurt the Yankees financially? Or not, I'm sorry, does this not hurt, but does this help them financially as far as that judge extension, which we'll get to in a moment? But I think this was a this was a look at you know what could very well happen uh, with the big signing of Judge or re-signing. Yeah, I mean you know kind of you laid out kind of everybody that you know was arbitration eligible and they got it done and obviously the person you left out who is still in his final year of arbitration is Judge. So, but you know everyone that you listed is making ten million or less. The only person who is making ten million in in that group is Joey Gallo. So right. I think that, you know, they got the money that they deserve. You know, hopefully like Gallo can improve and hopefully he can make more money next season. Same thing with Glaber. If he can have another great season, I mean another meaning I'm look I'm looking at eighteen and nineteen and not twenty and twenty one. So, you know, at the end of the day, like they did what they had to do in terms of money wise in preparation for the judge contract, which is likely gonna happen. You know, he's in a good spot now especially after Eric Adams lifted the mandate in New York because there was speculation of Judge possibly not being able to play, doing him possibly being unvaccinated because of his comment that he made a few weeks ago about the whole vaccination. Um, but that is all behind us now that um, that rule is uh, now nullified. So it's all about them getting the deal done, which, according to John Heyman, is supposed to get done very soon. Oh, my. I was so happy when Eric Adams lifted the mandate because – First of all, on, I don't. I didn't want to get into the discuss, the discussion. That was the whole reasoning behind it, um, for me for the podcast. I didn't want to have to discuss vaccines because no one comes here to listen to our opinions on vaccines and and uh, medical advice. And I was very glad we didn't have to talk about that. Um, but yeah, I think you know. But on that on that same topic, um, and I'll and I'll move on from this quickly. But the Blue Jays have a significant advantage here. I was talking about this with this with Anthony this morning. Blue Jays have a significant advantage to win the AL East. Um, forget the roster, but the Canadian government's rules to get into Canada. I mean, if you if you have your star players that are not vaccinated or don't fit the requirements to go to Canada, the Blue Jays could just win a ton of home games, and they could easily go to the playoffs and win that division by, I don't know, 10 games. Am I wrong? I mean, you're not, I mean, I know you're not, I mean, you're not wrong. I mean, it's like, it's, it's interesting because then you'll know, you know, unfortunately, like it's like with, with the New York world's like, all right, now we kind of don't, no one cares about who's not vaccinated. But when players, when any player now goes to play the Blue Jays, you'll know who's not vaccinated because you'll know why they're not there. Cause you can't go into the country if you're not vaccinated. Right. So anyone that doesn't on that trip, you're going to know. And so for us Yankee fans, and I don't know if Don's Padres play them, I'm guessing not, but we'll know who's not vaccinated and who would potentially not have been able to play in New York. So we got to wait and see. You know, I think that, you know, it is unfortunate that kind of that rules put in place, but there's really nothing they can do. You know, the fact that they can play in their home stadium, you know, they're going to because of the fact that they want to play for their home crowd. It's not like what it was in the COVID year where they had to play in a different ballpark. Um, yeah. It just sucks, and hopefully their government can 
find a way to lift it in yeah. the near future. Yeah, I mean, like, the thing is, though, right, like, they could play in Dunedin right now. Like, if, if the MLB could order them to play in Dunedin – um, so everyone's on an even playing field. I don't. I I would be for that because this is just this is an insane advantage. This is not like a ballpark advantage, like Coors Field or anything like that. This is significant, and and you know obviously the players have to be there. The Toronto players have to be there because you know they're going to be va- they're all going to be vaccinated. So Guerrero, Bichette, uh, all those guys, Gritchick, um, Teoscar Hernandez, every single one of them is going to be fully vaccinated to to play and boosted or whatever to be in Canada. Um, and you know, it, it's, it's not right. Like, like people should have that choice. And, and if they, and if, you know, if there's gonna be one set of rules, you know, it's just crazy to me how, how you have to play, you have to be fully vaccinated to play at one stadium in the, in the entire league. Um, and that could just be crazy advantage for the other team. I don't see why they, why they can't play at Dunedin in Florida. No. I think because they're like, they're, they'd, they'd possibly be losing money. They would, but I, yeah, they, you're right. They would, but it's like, I, I, it doesn't make sense. Yeah. I understand your point of like, it's a playing, it's a level playing field. Like it shouldn't be fair. Like, let's say like, it's like we come in there and like judge can't play and a couple other guys can't play. Like that's a big blow or like, I don't know if like the red, like the red does come in. Cause apparently the red Jacks have more unvaccinated players. Right. And half of their team can't play. And then it's like, well, what do we do? And so you're kind of SOL. In terms of you have to run out with, you know, non-MLB starters and hoping to scratch a win or two, if that, you know, at their home at their home ballpark. So, you know, I just hope that we kind of don't – I know we're going to have to play them at the end of September because that's just kind of how the schedule works. In baseball, you always – the last month you're always playing your division. So, you know, I, I just wish that we play them early. And also I kind of wish – I remember they talked about how – they wanted to switch the schedule up and not have it be so division dominant. Mm-hmm. So I, I obviously that didn't happen. I hope in the near future it does, but we'll see. Yeah, exactly. Um, okay, so so I want to get to this. Correa goes to the Twins. Uh, Anthony, Jeff, we're all relieved, obviously, of this, and and just you know. W- He's going to the Twins. He's playing with Gary Sanchez. He's playing with Gio Urshela. Um, you know, <laughs> I think, is this not Gary Sanchez's punishment for, for what he did to the Yankees? Now he's got to play with Correa? I mean, I don't think it's a, uh, I mean, I don't know if it's a punishment. I feel like, you know, at the end of the day, like, you know, I think he does. I know he probably still has a grudge with him to a certain extent, but I feel like he's got to move past it. Like, I know, like, CC and Hicks said, like, you know, fans have got to move past the whole 17 team and the debacle that happened. Cause it's like, it's been, we're going on five years now since that season. So it's like, I feel like he's moved past it. It's water under the bridge at this point, unfortunately. Um, and look, their teammates now, they got to work together as a team and, you know, bring success to the twins organization. And, you know, they're going to make a run for it with the white Sox and the tigers potentially. And, you know, we talked about this, you know, on my podcast and stuff is that, you know, he has the ability to, have a monster season and then get the money that he deserves because he didn't get a full off season to really test the waters out um, and get the big money that, you know, Seager and Simeon got. Yeah. Jeff, what do you, what do you think of the, the fact that Correa has gone or Correa has gone from the free agency market and, and now he's in Minnesota. I mean, does he make the team better? Is the clubhouse culture? Cause you got Gio and, and uh, Gary there. Is the culture better? Um, 
Well, the team certainly gets better, you know, whether we want to admit it or not. You know, Correa does make the team itself better, um, at least on paper. Um, You know, best shortstop out on the market this season, so can't get much better than that. Um, As for the culture, yeah, I don't know. The the only culture the Twins seem to have is losing embarrassingly to the Yankees when it comes to the wild card and division (laughs) series. So. I mean, I mean, if he's going to try and beat us, then good luck getting to the postseason in the first place. But I think that's the only culture change I could see. You know, Twins fans, I think, are tired of losing, tired of constantly getting beat up by the Yankees and all these other high-spending clubs. And I think this is the Twins' message, the organization trying to say, hey, we can play too, and we're going to go out there and we're going to try and beat you. I'm going to clip that, by the way, for, for our podcast promotion for this week. Um, Please I, I, do. I, lo- I love that. Please do. I love that. Um, all right. So so let's get right to the NL East, guys, with, with that division. Um, what do we make of the NL East and how it looks now? Because it looks like the Phillies are pretty dominant. I don't want to forget about the Mets um, because the Mets are the most bet-on team to win the World Series at the moment uh, at 10-1. to 1. I don't know who the hell bets on the Mets. But... But again, Schwarber and Castellanos are going to Philadelphia. Kyle Schwarber, Nick Castellanos, that's a pretty good uh, addition. Two pretty good additions to your team. And now the Phillies look pretty strong on the offensive side, guys. Yeah, like, look, it's strong. Listen, don't get me wrong. They got two great bats, a great hitter in Castellanos. Schwarber, who's a sweet lefty, who's still got that swing, too, when he's on. We have obviously seen what he's done over the past year and a half, two years. But they still need pitching whether it's the starting rotation or the bullpen. Um, they still need it. Aaron Nola has declined over the past year. He really hasn't been the same. If he bounces back, great. Zach Wheeler can't carry the load all the way through, even though he's very good. Besides that, if Kyle Gibson can actually go back to his Texas Rangers days before the deadline, okay. But they still need two more serviceable starters. It's really funny how Nick Pavetta turned into a dog when he went to Boston, and uh, the relief the relief pitching just isn't it. Um, because you could tell me, yes, they got Brad Hand and they got this and that, but they're going to overwork those guys that are pretty decent in the pen, and then they're going to be spent as the season goes. So Philly's good and all, but I just don't think they have a chance. I think they'll finish third in that division. Um, it's all about pitching on the mound. Wait, if they're third, Dom, then who do you think wins the division? The Mets? I, no, I still got the Braves. You got the, Bra- okay. I think oh, okay. the Braves. Okay, yeah, you got the Braves. I think the Braves actually took a step up. Listen, okay, I'll be quick with it. I know they lost Soler. I know they lost Freddie Freeman, but they got a younger version in Matt Olson who's coming into his prime. They can last a couple more years with this kid. They still have Ozzy. Acuna's going to be back probably June, July, I'd say. They still have a lot of depth. Their pitching is disgusting. Um, so I got the Braves. Okay. Okay. Um, take it down. We got we got Dom picking the Braves to win the division. Ooh. Well, okay, but where? Okay, but Dom, where do you think Miami finishes? Because you mentioned Solaire's gone. He's going to he's going to Miami. He's staying in the division. Um, it does now Jeter leaves Miami? Does Miami yeah. have the the right leadership? Um, after signing Solaire, do they do they show any signs of better leadership moving on from Jeter? Unfortunately, I think Miami just still in that division. They really got no shot. Um, it's either them or the Nats that finish fifth, in my opinion. It's just going to be – I don't think the Nats or Miami might be that bad, you know, that atrocious. 
But at the same time, can they really compete with those teams in that division now? So fourth or fifth, you either swap the Nets and Marlins, and uh, that'll do it. Solaire's a good veteran piece, but it's not going to be putting the Marlins 10 games over of what they had this past year. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, do you guys do you guys disagree with Dom at all? And do you see you know, Miami uh, getting any further than what Dom said? I mean, they have... I mean, Soler's a great signing, but, you know, they and they have Chaz Grisham. You know, it's just a matter of can the supporting guys step up. You know, they can step up. I'm not saying they're going to make a run at the division or the wild card because, you know, that at least just got more powerful in terms of those three teams, you know, in terms of the Mets, Phillies, and Braves. But um, just the NL in general is going to be a lot tougher because of the whole – D8, so it's going to be more offensive firepower, and I don't think the Marlins really have that, unfortunately. Um, and then, then there's a weird period once again where they have leadership issues and executive management issues. So, you know, they got to figure that out. So I don't think, you know, I feel like they'll be competitive in a sense in their division, but I don't think they're going to make the playoffs. But, you know, hopefully Solaire does well. You know, he kind of, you know, got the, got more money than I think he expected because of his great World Series run. Even though it was only $36 million, I don't think he would have got that much had he not gone off in that series because he was kind of a home run or strikeout kind of guy. Mm-hmm. Um, and so him doing what he did in the World Series kind of put him on the map, doing it on a national stage. But, um, but yeah, that's what I see. And then going back to what Dom said, you know, Braves went into the division. You know, I unfortunately, I got to say the Mets, they're just too – you know, they're on paper. They're just too good. I'd have the Braves second and the Phillies there because they got a the Phillies got a loaded offense, but that's about it. They got a terrible defense and they got really no pitching. If I'm Wheeler so and Nola, if, if 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 why what, did you think I was going to take pick the Braves? Yeah, I mean it's the Mets we're talking about. You know, I, mean, I know, I know it's the Mets, and everyone's like, oh, like you know, they can't even with good teams, they still stink. But I think with with Scherzer and kind of what he brings, that intensity, that tenacity, that he's going to just do what he can to win. I think that it's going to feed off the other guys and feed off guys like, you know, DeGrom and Carrasco and Walker. And, and, and even Scherzer kind of said that. I read a report saying that, look, he knows he's the number two guy. He knows this is DeGrom's team. This is DeGrom's rotation. And he knows he's got to step back, you know, and they kind of, they kind of, you know, uh, compared it to the Jeter Arod thing, where Jeter was like, "I'm not moving shortstop. Arod's got to go to third because yeah. of what Jeter had, which is which was fair." But um, Scherzer, I think, is much more. I feel like they're going to have a better relationship than Ozzy Jeter and Arod did because they had massive egos, and people know what happened prior to him joining New York. You know, there was some beef um, during their contract negotiations in the early 2000s. But yeah, I mean, like I got the match. Unfortunately, you know, they got to prove me wrong. You know, they got to prove a lot of people wrong because people, you know, Cohen really backed it up saying, I want to win and I want to win now. Mm-hmm. And he spent the money. So good for him, good for that organization, and good for the fan base. You know, I'm excited for the Subway series. It's just going to be crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, and just any series that they go to, that's going to be marquee, whether it be against the Dodgers, the Padres, the Phillies, and the Braves. Like, those are going to be matchups that people are going to tune into and watch if they're huge baseball fans like we are. I agree, one hundred percent. All right, so well, while Anthony's talking about that, we we're doing a one game a week streams just to remind people. On uh, I think it, it might be on Twitch or YouTube. I don't know yet. 
Um, but we will announce that soon. But yeah, we'll pick a game every week. Probably our game of the week that we all agree on. That is probably the best game, and we'll be streaming the game. We won't be showing the game to you on the stream, but we'll be commentating throughout the game and uh, giving score updates and stuff. So you can hang out with us uh, during the game. So that should be a lot of fun. Um, all right. So moving right along, the new rule changes, guys, um, that we have to hear about. So the Shohei Otani rule, I believe, is going to be is, – is one of the rule changes. So um, this will benefit the Angels and Shohei Otani, I believe. Um, yeah, so uh, for a rule change, pitchers who are removed from the mound during games, they can remain in the DH role. So this means when so that means Shohei Otani can hit on the same night he's starting. Is this good Wait, or bad for the game, guys? Jeff, you must like this as a pitcher, or am I wrong? I mean, I I do like it because it does allow them to stay in the game. Um, I don't I don't really think it's so much a rule change. I think it's more for rule clarification because there have been pitchers that have been taken out have been taken out from the mound and then thrown into the field. Um, so it, it's something that we know has happened before, um, a couple times over the past years, at past few years, at least. Um, I think this is just more of a clarification, clarification of, yes, you can do this, um, just to avoid any of that confusion. But yeah, I, I do like it, you know, let them, let them earn their money. And if they can hit by all means, let them hit. I agree wholeheartedly. Yeah. Uh, guys, any other thoughts on the uh, Shohei Otani rule change? It definitely benefits the Angels. Yeah. When did this become a thing? Uh, I think I think, uh, think the Tani's point, I think it's always been a thing. I think by, by, I think because of Otani and, you know, kind of his presence as someone who does this at an elite level, I think it's more of just a clarification about, like, saying, like, look, like, he could still hit if he wanted to, and that goes for, like, any bit, any good hitter, whether it be, like, Granky or not Granky, I, sh I shouldn't say, because that's the AL, but, you know, like, DeGrom or Scherzer or I'm trying to think of another good hitter in the, in the NL. I don't know, Clayton Kershaw. I know he hit a dinger way back. Bartolo Colon. Yeah. Yeah if, yeah, if he ever wants to, re un, un, you know, come back in the league, but – I think it's more of a clarification because I don't think it was an it wasn't necessarily a rule, um, like change or something new. Like Tommy's point, it's just clarification on, on it because of how big Otani's gotten in the sport. Yeah, exactly. I agree. And um, yeah, it's good for baseball though. It's it's mm -hmm. pretty cool. I mean, especially calling it the Otani rule. This guy is becoming the face of the next this generation's Babe Ruth. Yeah, definitely for sure. And uh, I'll be excited to see him next season. Uh, another rule change, guys. I gotta. I hate this one. Um, I hate how it went back. We were. I remember us being so excited um, about this rule change, but now they've reversed it. So now Ghost Runners will go back on second for extra innings. I have no mm. words, guys. So stupid. It's just. It's just for the pace of play. It's like they have to understand. I understand it from like a marketing standpoint and from like a viewership standpoint in order to generate more fans and to keep them engaged. Like you got to speed up the game. Like you can't, like we can't be having 17 inning games go to like 1am, you know, and then have another game the next day at one o'clock or four o'clock. Cause it's like, it's not fair to the fans who are either watching the game or going to the game and having to sit through it. And it's not fair to those players either who got to 
wait all this time for a game to possibly end and then get up the next day in like eight hours and do it again. It's, well, there, there, there's ridiculous. An, there's an easy way to avoid that. Hit a home run. Everyone loves hitting home runs. Just hit a home run. Game's Ooh, over. We all get to I, go home. I agree with Jeff. Sorry. I mean, it. It. I understand what Anthony, of, I do understand what Anthony's saying, though. Yeah. Yeah. No. I, I. I totally get that standpoint, and I do rationalize with it, especially because mm-hmm. it is so hard on those players. You know, haven't played baseball myself and haven't gone through basically playing two ball games in one night because uh, it just keeps going on forever and ever and ever. Um, so I, I definitely sympathize with that to an extent, but at the same time, this is the major league level. You know, it's your job. You're getting paid to do it. You know, there are guys on call in the real world who have to show up at two in the morning to do their job. So why why shouldn't it be the same for baseball? Well, how about this? What if you what if you kept the rule that Anthony's talking about for double headers? Nine inning double headers, and then if it goes to extras, pull that rule back. Or 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 or, or I think they put a cap on it. So like let's say it's like yeah, let's say it's a seven o'clock game, and it's midnight, and the game's still going on. At that point, you got to put a runner on second to speed it up. Because because you're also because I understand the point of like fans or or them like it's their job but it's like who's paying who who's who's generating all the money for them people right. like us yeah and like and like if we were at that game I want to see the end of the game but I'm like I want to go home like you don't want to you're spend not a true like, fan shut up Tom. no no Anthony's right <laughs> Anthony's Anthony's right there is a limit and and like, we all like, have you know lives what I mean? like. Like, like, no one wants to sit there for six hours and then have to drive back because yep. not everyone lives 20 minutes from the ballpark. Everyone kind of lives pretty far from wherever ballpark you go to. So I think that's why. So I think maybe there was a time limit of where, like, they'd have regulation of, like, okay, if it's 1 o'clock and it's the ninth inning and it's, let's say it's, like, 6 o'clock, then, then implement it. Or 7 o'clock and then it's midnight, then implement it. Like, something like that. Like, I feel like they, they, they could do a happy medium with it. Yeah. So. You know what? Come um, to think of it. You know, come come to think of it, the U.S. Open did that for uh, fifth set uh, deciding sets. They did that. So, like, at a certain point where it'd be tied at, like, um, they, they would go to a tie break after a certain score in the U.S. Open, like a seven-point tie break. If it's going, like, 12 all in the fifth set, 12 games all, then or I think it is, then you just play a seven-point tie break. At that, I think it's the U.S. Open. No, I think it's Wimbledon that does that. Because I think it's Wimbledon that does it because the U.S. Open always has the deciding tie break for fifth set. But the the I think Wimbledon Jeff correct me if I'm wrong Wimbledon has has changed that to where if it's twelve all, then it's like okay here's the tie break. I think that I think that's Wimbledon that, that made that change. That, that that does sound about right. Yeah. Yeah. So so it wouldn't be the first time that happened. Uh, what Anthony's saying, it's a great idea though, and they should just do that. Why is it to be for every single game? You know what I think. What's that? I don't approve of the ghost runner rule. I understand it with. When COVID was serious, and we all know the reason why, because, yeah, we won't get into it, but um, it was to get fans out of the stands if it went into extra innings, try and, you know, get everyone out, get everything cleaned up. But now, here's what I think. If there's extra innings and the ghost runner's on, that run should not be credited as an earned run for the pitcher, and it should not be spiking their ERA Anything like that. It should not also count as a blown save for that 
closing pitcher, hundred percent. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so they didn't actually. It's due to the rule. Yeah, but they didn't actually give up a hit or a walk and a steal, anything like that, to put that runner on second base. So from a stat line standpoint. Yeah, if it's a ghost runner, it should be a ghost run scored where it's not earned and it doesn't count as a blown save. I know that's kind of like a little thing that we're mentioning, but it does really matter for some closers' stats. It's really, uh, you know, misguided and it, it's ridiculous. So then does that mean if a hitter drives them in, it's not an RBI for them? Ooh. Yeah, it. It. I. I. Th- I believe it is official. Um, th- in the rules that. Um, if the if the placed runner scores, it counts as an unearned run, but it's still credited to the pitcher that started the inning as part of like their runs allowed total, but doesn't count towards their ERA. Ah, that makes more sense. I think, yeah, I think I I, I think they already have it in place because you know the pitcher didn't give up that run. You know, Rob Manfred gave up that run, but <laughs> you know it's not it. It shouldn't be credited to the pitcher, anyway. Yeah, um, yeah, I, I totally agree. It should, it shouldn't. Um, if he's gone that long, um, but yeah, so, so that's that. I mean, that's that's a rule I can't stand overall. But having being an overall like every nine inning game, I think that's crazy. Um, just to have because ultimately we do want to see extra innings, but you know, like Anthony said, there is a limit to that, and I think that limit should, you know, there should be a cap at a certain point. Um, I'd be in favor of that for sure. So there's definitely a way to get around that, um, which the MLB fails to do. Um, all right, before we close out, we do have something we want to share. So we obviously we've been promoting our fantasy draft, fantasy baseball draft. All four of this, these guys in this podcast will have a team of their own consisting of a certain amount of guys. We will get into all the details on that day. And we have a date announcement for you for when we'll be doing that draft. Drum roll, please. It is going to be, it will be, it will be on next Thursday, or Friday, um, really. So Friday, next Friday, uh, next Friday morning, we will have the draft, and uh, it's going to be really exciting. Guys, are you guys hyped up or what? I'm so hyped up, I already have notifications from the ESPN Fantasy app. Ready to go, because I'm not missing those one o'clock start times when I have to put in my pitchers and hitters, because you guys are going down. It's Texas toast for all three. All that to finish last. Jeter's winners are winning this whole thing. <laughs> what everyone's names, by the way? Can we mention that? Oh, yeah, so let's I, do... I, I, Good point, Dom. So I'm the Bronx Bombers. All right. Dom. All right. Wait, is that Anthony's MLB the show Diamond Dynasty name? Is it? I'm the New Jersey Bombers. Oh, close enough. There you go. I'm the New Jersey Bombers in the show. Anthony, did you join it? I will tonight. I'm okay, cool. Tonight. Cool, cool. Um, so I'm going to be I, – I just said mine. I just thought of it right now. I'm going to be called Jeter's Winners Okay. because we're just going to win. Okay. Just, that's it. Simple mm-hmm. enough. Jeff, you are? I am the Cincinnati Gorillas, named after Harambe. <laughs> um, my, my brother's going to get a kick out of that one. That's what we name our uh, team on the show every single year. <laughs> and Dom, last but not least. The Slam Diego Tacos are coming from MLB The Show 20. 
to a fantasy team near you, baby. It's game oh, over. God. Yeah, and well, not near MLB The Show 22. All right, so let's just break down. I want to give a little, like, matchup here uh, because I see it right here on ESPN, and we'll, and we'll go through it more. Um, already the first matchup, no matter how the draft results turn out, is going to be Dom versus Jeff. <laughs> to start this season. Oh, man. Serendipity. <laughs> you know what? I kind of like that. I kind of like that because, listen, no offense, but if I lost to Anthony or Tommy, I'd be pissed. Jeff, you're, you're a good egg. We disagree on a lot of things like the universal DH and whatnot. But if I lost to you, I'd shake your hand and just wish you the best of luck, and I'd root for you. Yes, sir. All right. Yeah, and... yeah Dom, Dom, Dom would spit in his hand and then it wanted to handshake me. I'd be like, you're disgusting. <laughs> <laughs> <I'm> like, <laughs> That's the New York state of mind, baby. <laughs> That's a sicko state of mind. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but, uh, so I, yeah. I play Anthony as well. So uh, that's the other matchup. So, um, yeah, that'd be interesting. So, but I think I'm definitely very, I'm definitely more enthused for um, I'm definitely more enthusiastic for Jeff and, <laughs> and Tom <laughs> to play each other. Um, that's going to be really, really fun. <laughs> so I hope you guys are excited for the league uh, as much as I am. And I think it's going to be a lot of fun. Guys, is there anything else you want to say before we close out for the week? Um, I already know who I'm selecting first overall because I already know my odds are just so great. Well, let's make sure you get the first overall. That's right. I already know I got it, Tommy. Um, Dom, Tatis is hurt. You can't pick him. You can't pick him first. Tatis is hurt. Wait, why'd you tell him? (laughs) It actually wasn't going to be Tatis to begin with, whether he was hurt or not. I am not kidding about that. I know who he's going to pick first. I'm not a fool. You can't take him second round either. He's still hurt. I'll keep it a secret. Who who do you think I'm going to pick? You can text me. No, I'll say it out loud. I don't care. Manny Machado. Actually, no, it wasn't. It's not a Padre. It's not a Padre. Unfortunately, Salvador Perez. Nope. He, that that's a good pick. I, I can't was watching, go with catcher was, because they don't play every day. I was I was watching. Um, oh. you said a catcher? No, no, I said it can't be a catcher because they don't really play on a daily basis. Yeah, but you love I mean, Salvi. I, mean, I mean, Salvador. Love Perez, Salvi. Salvador Perez missed one game last year. Yeah, of course. It's not Salvi, boys. Okay, then who is can't it? Can't even say it because then you guys are just gonna take. All right, it. no, no, no. You know what? You know what, Tom? Just keep it to yourself. I think that's better that's for like, the draft that you know way. What? Once the draft is over or like the first pick is done, I will. If I don't have the first pick, I'll say, oh, I was going to pick. All right, so that that's the plan. If he doesn't have the first pick or uh, – Or the player he, goes. Or if you – and if you get the first pick, then you got to say it straight up because no one's going to take yep. them. Without a doubt. So, yeah. I think I'm putting my money on Yelich, honestly, on Christian wow. Yelich. I forgot he existed in the league. Not gonna. <laughs> you want you want to know something? I just saw this on Instagram. So you know, MLB Network does their like top ten right now. They do yeah. it based off of the shredder. Oh so good. They just did their left field. Guess who number two is? Joey Gallo. Yep. I just saw Joey that. Two. Joey Gallo is ranked number two by the shredder. I was like, wow. Who's number That's one? That's Jesse Jordan? Winker. Jesse, uh-huh. Jesse yeah. Winker, Christian, Jesse Winker, Gallo, Christian Yelich, Michael Brantley, Kyle Schwarber, Brandon Nemo, Tyler O'Neill, AJ Pollock, Austin Meadows, and Marcelo Zuna. So, not gonna lie, left field's like pretty thin. It's you gotta, so thin. and I think you gotta look at it like that. You gotta look at what's the thinnest because I I do this for fantasy basketball, and if I'm giving away my strategy, you guys can take it however you want it. But I think I I'm gonna take it like look at the thinnest position and go from there. Yeah, I, I have a different – yeah. my I don't think my fantasy football strategy will apply to 
to this. Um, but yeah, yeah, we'll have to, I'll have to research a Tom bit. Bra- and... Tom Brady doesn't play baseball. Wow, Ooh. Jeff knew I drafted Tom. <laughs> Jeff knows I draft Tom Brady no matter where he is as you're my a Tampa backup fan. Well, yeah, you're and a I draft Brady fan, which makes you a Tampa fan. So yep, and I drafted him as my backup quarterback. I drafted Mahomes first, and then I drafted Brady uh, second. So I had pretty solid quarterbacks, except for when Mahomes decided to. Uh, to play bad for like a quarter of the season, so that wasn't that good. Wait, ju- just wait until this year. He doesn't have his cheat code anymore. He doesn't have a cheat code. Who was, by the way, getting double teamed half the year anyway. So yeah. <laughs> it didn't matter. Um, but yeah, so that's a, that's a discussion for another uh, sports show. But yeah, so we'll be back here um, next Thursday to do the draft. Um, we'll be back here, and we will see you guys then. Have a great weekend, everybody. Hey, thanks so much for listening to the Swing the Twig podcast. If you really love this show, please give us a five-star review and be sure to subscribe. If you have any questions, comments, thoughts, or concerns, email the podcast at swingthetwig at gmail.com. If you want to follow us on social media, go to our Instagram at swingthetwigpod, or you can go on Twitter at swingtwig.